The chance of a lifetime for Luis Gonzalez. 2-2, bottom of the ninth. Game seven of the World Series. Bases loaded. You can put it on the board. Yes. That is what I'm talking about, fellas. Welcome yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, welcome back to the Game 7 podcast. I had to throw that in there for a little Ozzy Albies last night. Boy, he lit it up last night. It was wonderful. He's been on fire lately. Braves are still hanging tough. We're hanging on fire lately. Um a lot of sports going on, fellas. It's been a couple weeks, but uh, we're finally back. You're here with J.P. Hogan, Zach Filiber, Andy Lawson. Guys, say hello. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? What's up? <laughs> hey, J.P., the Braves are hot. It's hot. The Braves it's are hot. It's hot, baby. It's right. hot. Braves are hot. Yeah, we miss you, Herm. Faux show. Um, but welcome back, guys. It feels good to be back. I appreciate Everybody coming out and listening, whoever's around, all of our listeners, if we have all, I guess, a lot of listeners, hopefully. But uh, we appreciate you guys coming in and listening. Again, this is the Game 7 podcast. We're just three normal, average human beings that uh, are all really, really good friends and best friends and whatever you can you can imagine, fraternity brothers, all the good stuff, and love our sports, uh, kind of come from different sports backgrounds, but um, all have a genuine feel for the Atlanta sports and, and the culture here in Atlanta as far as sports go and and all that stuff. So appreciate you guys coming in. If you guys want to uh, listen a little bit more, obviously we're on iTunes. Um, Game 7 Podcast is on iTunes. That's Game, G-A-M-E, and then the number 7 and then E-V-E-N Podcast. Um, you can find us there. And then also you can go to Twitter and find us. That's Game, G-A-M-E underscore this uh, number seven in the EVEN underscore pod. Um, so you guys can find us there. We'd love to hear from you guys. Love you. Love to get a follow. Kind of kind of see if anybody's tracking us, listen a little bit. Um, but it's been a lot of fun here lately, fellas. Usually we run through our, our normal lineup of top news. And then we kind of get into our big three, which are basketball, baseball, football. And then we started kind of a new segment here called uh, Ace of the Week. So... Um, Kind of just going through and running through all that stuff. We'll start off a little bit with top news. But before we get into everything, guys, what's been going on? How's everybody been doing? I know it's been kind of a, a busy couple of weeks for all of us. Andy's been in a hole. He's been extremely sad. Um, but I think he's he may be seeing the light a little bit. So, yep. uh, Andy, what's up? I am uh, Trey Young's number one fan from now on. <laughs> Trey Young's number one fan. That's, that's beautiful words that come from your mouth, Andy. Uh, what's been up, though, man? You've been doing good. How's uh, Top Golf? It's good. Good stuff. Got to hang out with Nick, old Nick Markakis the other day. That was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, pretty simple, pretty straightforward for me. Was he still stoic and creepy? He actually smiled once. 
I was pretty proud of myself. <laughs> that man's I I'm sure he was nice as can be though, man. He's just one of he looks like one of the nicest guys you could meet. So and that's what I hear about him. He really but, I thought for a second that he was just gonna, you know, do his thing and shut me out, but he sat and chatted with me for about fifteen minutes. So uh super nice guy. Awesome. Well, good, man. That's, uh, that's awesome. Zachary, uh, long vacation, right? How was your vacation, sir? It was good. Um, got another one coming up next week after I put the two weeks in on the job. So I got a new job coming down. going to be doing some social media, uh, for a new company. So that'll be awesome. Be able to, uh, get into that world and hopefully grow my brain and grow their business, uh, through the powerful world of social media. But, uh, Man, I, we had fun. We went to Disney for my little boy's two-year-old birthday and Father's Day, so we had a blast. We loved it. And, man, we've just been back trying to settle in, you know, running around every night, got something going on. So I'm just glad to to get in with you guys and be able to talk a little sports. Absolutely, man. That's wonderful. It's been uh, – congrats, by the way, on the new job, man. That's great. Um, it's been – been busy for all of us obviously lately i know we haven't been on in in what a couple weeks now but uh we are back hopefully we'll be back uh every week here and and can give you some good good content and stuff on some sports going around and and what's been happening i know it's been a busy busy couple weeks so uh as far we'll, we'll jump right into the top news as far as the top news goes um mostly been a soccer type top news lately uh, obviously you guys know the world cup's going on um, we'll start first with our home team here, Atlanta United, who I believe has played uh, three games since the last time we, we talked. Um, maybe two. I think they played the game versus Chicago Fire, which was Sunday. That was for the um, United States Open Cup. Unfortunately, we are now out of that. It looks like Chicago, I believe, will be facing, um, I want to say maybe Charleston for, for the – the cup there. So unfortunately we won't get that again this year. However, we, we did go pretty deep in it and we'll, we'll probably have another good opportunity to get that here the next year or something like that. But, uh, we did play another game versus Portland Timbers, um, this past week and, and ended up drawn versus them at home. We had so many opportunities. Uh, it was kind of a bummer to come out with a draw there. I don't know, Zach, I know you probably watched a little bit of it, but, um, kind of a we, we kind of dominated possession i would say we probably had 65 to um to 35 throughout the match it seemed like we had a lot of chances and just unfortunately missed opportunities throughout the game yeah you're uh pretty spot on you know we are 70 30 as far as possession goes but yeah it, like you said it's a it's a shame we couldn't get the w on that one but you know we still get the point we're still in first place so We'll see that yep. loss in the U.S. Open Cup. You know, a lot of people say it's not necessarily a big deal, which I don't necessarily think it is, but it's still something that you you'd like to win. Yeah, and you want to. I mean, the the big thing is is that you want to be hoisting that trophy at the end of the season. Uh, the middle, obviously, it's it's great to have, uh, but I think people's main focus is that end of the year. Um, we'll definitely have more opportunities at this. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna hoist it at some point. I know this team's good enough to do it. Uh, unfortunate news that came from this past week as well is our our Darlington Nagby has now been uh, he's out with a groin injury for it looks like two to three months. So that's a that's a pretty big blow to us. He's been extremely solid in the middle middle half of the field and um, kind of been a real 
good solid player for us and and can really handle the ball well and has has pretty good pretty good speed there in the middle so it's going to be tough to kind of fill in for him fortunately we do have a lot going on bench wise with viaba and um obviously barco everybody's pretty healthy it seems like besides that situation so i think i think we'll be all right for, for at least a little while to get him back what do you think zach yeah, and I think we're deep enough, you know, like we've talked about, you know, on a few other shows that this team is very, very, very young. And and with Barco being young, with Miggy and all these other guys, you know, they're still able to run and, you know, they have they have plenty of energy, if you will. I mean, and they're in, you know, impeccable shape as well. So, but, you know, you got a big game coming up this Saturday against Orlando City. So, um, for those of you who do not know, Orlando City is kind of like Atlanta – United's biggest rival. You know, they've kind of started this rivalry. You know, they're fairly close, you know, only seven hours away. So it will be interesting to see how that game goes. And then um, after the World Cup wraps up, you know, you got the, <coughs> excuse me, the back half of the season. So um, it's an exciting time for Atlanta United fan. Like, um, like I mentioned a few weeks ago, I still think it's one of the hottest tickets to get in Atlanta. I mean, however, the Braves are pushing that right now. But, uh, everybody, get out, watch Atlanta United, and uh, you're going to see some some really good soccer coming up the next few weeks. Absolutely, and you are 100 percent right on that. They are kind of our little down south here rivals. So uh, this weekend's going to be a lot of fun down there at Mercedes Benz. I know it's going to be fired up. I mean, they'll be packed out for sure. So it'll be good. I think it's seven o'clock Saturday night. So tune in to watch it. It'll be awesome. Be good stuff. But moving on from that, as far as other soccer news, the World Cup has been going on, obviously, over in Russia. Um, been matches going on every day. It's been crazy, mass chaos. Um, some teams that maybe you weren't aware of and some teams that maybe you were expecting um, have kind of stepped up to the plate. It looks like uh, looks like we had Argentina come through today late in the game versus, I believe it was Nigeria. Um, and pull through for a win. So I think they're going to be heading into the round of 16. As far as the round of 16 right now. Well, and Jay, sure. uh, not to forget, uh, Lionel Messi became the first player to ever score a goal in his teens, his 20s, and his 30s in the World Cup. That's crazy. That, that's impressive. That's nuts, man. He's a freak. Him and Ronaldo are both freaks of nature's so far. I mean, they're kind of just doing their thing. Ronaldo is just... I have no words to describe that man when he's on a he's on a soccer field. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Or excuse me, a pitch. Did, did you but, watch that game between them and Iran? Yeah. Yes. Like, was that not absurd? And and who would have thought that Iran would have been pushing for a you know the next round for the round of sixteen? You know, like I know. Especially it's crazy, I, man. You know, you would just never expect them to make the noise that they did, and they were one goal away there in stoppage time. Um, their striker just missed it just a hair wide, the side of the net. I mean, we're talking six inches and they're in. Yep. Yep. And it's, uh, that's the beauty of the world cup, man. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's exciting for all these different countries. You get to see all their reactions. Unfortunately, teams like, uh, Iceland have been kicked out. I know a lot of people are kind of rooting for the underdog there, but it's pretty cool that they at least qualified and were able to play in it. Um, it's an amazing thing for their country. Uh, I think they came out with a stat the other day that I want to say all of uh, Spain's um, registered soccer players amounts to the population of Iceland. (laughs) 
So that's great. I mean, that's just, I was sitting there thinking about, it. I'm like, that's insane. So a lot of those guys have different jobs that, uh, you know, have nothing to do with soccer. I mean, I think the coach is a dentist, a full-time dentist or, a, you know, part-time dentist in, in his time. And, and then also coaches the soccer team. So it's cool for things like that to come out in, in the world cup. And we are now fortunate enough to say that the United States will be host of the world cup in 2026. Yeah, um, they're doing like a North America thing. So Yep, so okay. Mexico, Canada, and us. Mexico, Canada, and then um, us, like you said, A. Mm-hmm. The Big Maple will show out. Yeah, which is – I think it's great, man. I think it's cool that they'll have it in three different countries like that. I think it's an awesome situation. I really think that Atlanta is going to seriously benefit from that and have a lot of different games here in this area. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that I mean, and I don't know if – They've held a World Cup in three different countries before, have they? I don't think so, like this, like on a continent. No. Yeah, like th- this is going to be pretty incredible to watch for sure. It will be. It will be. It's going to be a lot of fun. It, it definitely gets all three countries, and hopefully all three countries are involved in the World Cup. But either way, it'll still be still be amazing. Um, it'll, be, it'll be a lot of fun to watch. So keep your eye out right now for the, the World Cup, obviously going on. Round of 16, as far as the teams that I have in now, there's eight. Uh, Uruguay, Portugal, France, Argentina, Spain, Russia, the home countries moved in, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Croatia and Denmark. So those are the teams in right now. You're going to watch the other pieces fall in kind of here towards the end of the week. And uh, then it gets into real serious stuff. I mean, the round of 16 is is a lot of fun. There's no more, you know, ties. Um, it goes into extra time, and then you go into PKs. So this is big time. Um, so keep an eye on it. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. There'll be a lot of good stuff happening. So, But we'll move on now into some of the good stuff, which is our big three, which will cover baseball, basketball, and football. So let's go into that. Ah! All right, so our big three as far as everything goes right now, we normally run through baseball, basketball, football, like I've said a few times, but um, honestly right now there's nothing else I think really on our minds, of course, besides you, Andy, besides uh, the Braves, man. Um, I I don't know what else to tell y'all, but they're just – they just keep hanging tough, man. They're hanging tough at that one spot right now in the NL East, and they have just been moving forward, moving forward. We're creeping closer to the All-Star game. We are, what, about – I think we're one or two games away from halfway through the season now. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say we're about there. I mean, we're definitely past the point where it's no longer are we just – not a joke lucky. anymore. Exactly. Yeah, it's not – we're not getting lucky or anything. I mean, at this point – where we are is this team essentially. Right. And we've been, uh, we put ourselves in a really good spot. We're three and a half games on Philadelphia, four and a half on Washington. Washington's been playing some of its worst baseball right now. They, uh, honestly have some guys that just can't get it together. It looks like Bryce Harper has been playing pretty bad. Their hitting's just been atrocious. They lost a one nil game today to Tampa Bay, who is just God awful. Um, but, you know, we're just kind of hanging tough, man. I think we're six and four in our last 10. We're on a win streak of two. And 
uh, we just kind of get it done night in and night out in, in different situations. And I think the beautiful thing about it, guys, is that different guys are involved uh, each night. I mean, Zach, you've been obviously watching every, every – I mean, you can't not tune in every night now. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you, you watch every single game. I mean, Andy and I have it on here at the house right now. You know, Harvey's throwing great against us. But then again, we're the best team from the seventh inning on. So it's like – even if you're getting beat, I mean, the other night we blew a 3-1 lead. They scored seven, and then we come back and put up uh, four on the board in the ninth to tie it. I mean, granted, we ended up losing later in the in the night, but it's st- just still. I mean, that not not many teams over and over and over again come back every single night, and, and you really can't count this team out. No, you know, you can't at all um, in any situation. Unfortunately, you know, we got the sad news uh, the other – other day that uh, Vizcaino went on the DL and that's obviously why we, he didn't pitch the other night. And that's one of the reasons we blew that game. I feel like a little bit, um, but it's going to be interesting. I think with some of these injuries popping up and all that stuff, I don't know how serious Vizcaino's is going to be. I know it was shoulder inflammation. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So, um, don't know where, where it could go from there. Hopefully it's nothing too crazy and he just needs a, a, a nice little 10 day rest and, uh, maybe a little bit longer and he'll be back to normal. Yeah, um, believe, it shows Adam, uh, traveling with the team and if all goes expected, he will go off the DL Saturday and maybe Sunday. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy to watch guys. I mean, seeing that ninth inning the other night, you start to respect Vizcaino so much more because it's just so difficult for somebody to come in in that situation and that high of a pressure situation and deliver. I mean, that guy's done it so many times for the Braves. I know it's been scary and we've all been sweating, but he gets it done. I mean, there's not very many times where, you know, he hasn't since he's been in a Braves uniform and he's, he's been in control of the ninth inning. So, um, yeah, and I think I, mean, that's, I think that's the biggest thing with him. Everyone who watches Braves games and everything like that, he walks the tightrope a little bit too much, probably. But everyone wants to see the next best thing, someone else who can do it better. But the grass isn't always greener, like you said. It may not be pretty, but he almost always gets the job done. He does. It's crazy, man. And you know, I was sitting there the other night, and I'm watching us give up all these runs, and I'm like. God, we do not appreciate that guy enough here. Um, you know, he, he really does. He really can close the door. As scary as it can be it from time to time, he really can get it done. So uh, hopefully he comes back healthy and and hopefully he, you know, is, is ready to roll here towards the All-Star break, whether it's before or after. But um, hopefully he's back here soon. I know he helps out this team a lot and and really gets us out of tough situations late. So, But other than that, guys, this team has been awesome. We have – Right now, three guys leading in all-star ballots. Um, Freddie Freeman, obviously, is the king of all at the moment. He's leading all NL in all all votes. So he is absolutely killing it, rightfully so, obviously. Um, Nick Markakis is right there with him in the outfield slot. I think Bryce Harper may have hopped him in the past couple of days, but um, – Actually, you know, that's – Bryce Harper that's, fell. <clears throat> yeah, last I saw – Did he fall? Yeah, Nick was at like one point. 1.8 mil. Kemp and then jumped Kemp, yeah, Kemp was two at like one five, and then Harper was at one four. Um, oh man, folks, yeah. So perfect. Nick, the leading 
vote getter in the outfield along with Freddie at first. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, that's great news for us guys. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's those guys all deserve it. Uh, I would honestly say, uh, you know, Ozzy obviously deserves it as well, but I, I can't be more happy for those those other two guys, Marcakis and Freddie Freeman. Freddie has not gotten enough love in this awful rebuild that we've had to go through. Um, you know, he's had to sit here and, and take his licks and have to, you know, get right back up. But, you know, we're seeing what can happen when he's got a team around him that, you know, is is worth it. So it's it's good to watch him and Mark Kakis the same way, man. He came into this club knowing that we were about to have a, a rebuild type situation. So, um, you know, he came in here and, and didn't change his attitude. He didn't change his work ethic. And he's proved everybody here that he is an absolute all around great ball player. Um, and, you know, I think all of us at one point, whether it was before the season or last year, we're like, man, when are we going to trade Mark Kakis? When are we going to trade him? I know. And I know. I now I. I know I said it. I know on our MLB, you know, thing that we did at the beginning of the year. I, I know I 100% said let's trade Marcakis, let Viz have a good start to the year. We'll trade him, and but I mean, honestly, JP, who wasn't saying all that kind of stuff? Who expected the Braves yeah. to be three and a half up? You know, at the start of July, practically. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody man. And- nobody expected yeah. the Braves to be this good. To not only have had a lead in the division this long, but to be the top team in the NL for several weeks. I mean, it's, you know, given, you know, night in, night out, you know, it, it can change by a game or two, but I mean, they, they are one of the top teams in the national league. And if you would have told me that at the beginning of the year, I would have been thrilled, but I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, now I'm honestly, I, you know what I heard on the radio today that just blew my mind just because of all that talk before the season is now do you sign Marcakis back for maybe a year or two or, or a two or three year deal? I don't know. I mean, I, it, you know, before this season, you would have never even dreamed of that situation ever happening. I'm not saying you sign him or anything like that. I'm just saying it's crazy that that, com- that comes up in conversation now. And I, I think it's great for him, man. I, I, he's been awesome for here, us here in Atlanta. He's been, I think, a steady rock um, as far as maybe the young guys go. I mean, he's not a crazy, over-the-top guy of any sort. He's just a chill guy, like Andy said the other night, and very quiet, keeps to himself, humble. And uh, he rightfully deserves every all-star vote he's getting right now, and he should lead all outfield, you know, no doubtedly. So um, it's good, fellas. It's it's really good here in Atlanta. We're getting awesome, awesome opportunity here with our with our team, our home team, and and watching everything come together. Uh, kind of going into it a little bit, fellas. I know with everything happening lately, now is where you're starting to get the the trade talk going. Is you know, are we going to make the push for um, what's happening? You know, and I I just want to get y'all's thoughts on. It. I mean, I think it's time to 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 do it i mean you got to make a trade i think you got to push for it now you know oh absolutely and i mean andy do you agree i think it's you know time to make the move and pull the trigger i have i have a few scenarios that we can kind of talk about but what, what do you feel andy i mean obviously you agree right i think we should make the trade or make a trade i think it really depends i know they've mentioned that we might be a little low on funds. Um, and I actually saw a tweet, I think by David O'Brien 
actually saying that we haven't actually started making money on the battery yet because that's what everyone jumps to is that new venue you're making a ton of money but they're just now starting in money because they just started filling all those real estate um, areas with the restaurants and everything like that as far as that goes so i think there's some money i think that double a has like permission to go out and get a guy i think it's going to be something smaller get a maybe a middle reliever uh, for maybe like a top 30 prospect, like on the back half, like 20 to 30 or something like that. I don't think you go out and, you know, if the price is too high prospect wise, you go out and do anything. I think it's just trying to find maybe some under the radar guys um, and seeing if they work a little better than what we currently have. Or at the end of the day, you know, they might just rely on, you know, the top prospects coming in and filling a bill, a bullpen roll in, um, for the end of the year and seeing what happens there. Yeah, I think those are all definitely things to look at uh, as as far as they go. I, I don't think we need a trade that pushes us, you know, all the way over the top, like Chato or anything like that. Um, I'm more of thinking, you know, relief help somewhere in there, bullpen help. It's just been, it just seems like here and there has just been such a struggle bullpen wise and just add an arm or two somewhere would definitely help out in that capacity. Um, I know one of our buddies the other day, Eric Johnson, shout out to LJ, um, but kind of was talking to us a little bit about, uh, you know, the Kelvin Herrera move to the Nationals and was saying, you know, is it something that, you know, the Braves need to push for now? Is that a situation in where you see us going and, and what you have, have, you know, what's happening for us? And, I, I think he's, at some point you're going to have to do something with that bullpen. I don't know, Andy, if the answer is maybe, you know, bring up a Colby Allard maybe for see how he does maybe in late innings, bring up Tukey. I don't know who you're going to bring up, but, you know, maybe you go that direction at the start to see. But I think eventually you're going to have to make a small move somewhere. And I'm not saying you need to bring in, you know, anybody crazy like a Machado, like a – you know, Adrian Beltre, I think has been thrown around a little bit or anybody like that, but I just feel like we need some relief help somewhere. Um, Zach, I mean, how do you feel about it? Yeah, for me, it, you know, the relief help that I would love to see would be Brad hand from San Diego. He's controllable for, I think the next three years, you know, and the dude's stuff is absolutely electric. Granted, if you're going to get him, you're going to send one of your, one of your guys, one of your top prospects, probably, um, I'm not saying top five, but top 10, you're definitely going to send one top 10 prospect to get him. Uh, other moves, you know, you could see potentially add to the, you know, a starter, Michael Fulmer, uh, I think would be a, a great addition or someone like Chris Archer. I just still think that the Rays are going to ask too much for him. But, I mean, you still have other folks like Zach Britton and other guys that that will be traded and you know Kelvin Herrera was the first domino to fall and I think folks are going to go sooner than later. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a deadline deal. Obviously there will be a few, but I'm interested to see where the Braves are going to go. I know you mentioned a guy that I kind of wanted to talk about was Adrian Beltre and I don't I don't see that being a big move at all if he was to come to Atlanta because what what scares me about deadline deals and things is you're bringing in a new guy that may not fit the system or you're bringing in a new guy that may have his own agenda. And at the beginning of the year, yeah, that's fine. But you don't want to ruin or shake something up that, you know, it, that's rolling 
and you don't want to add someone that could potentially mess with that. However, it may be a better player. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So Mm -hmm. everything that I've read and heard, and they were talking about it on the MLB network radio and six, a, the fan of Adrian Beltre. And he is that guy. Yes. He's older. Yes. He's 39. You're not going to re-sign him next year, but he's one of those guys that you're going to be able to get for probably not a whole lot. And He's a veteran guy that is loved in the locker room by everyone um, from what I heard. And so, you know, obviously I don't know the guy or anything like that, but people love to play with him. And he's a veteran presence that has World Series experience, that has deep, deep, deep playoff experience. That, I mean, and, and it's, a, it's a guy that you could bring into your locker room and automatically make a difference that doesn't have to play every day. He's a guy, you know, that could split time, but when he's in there, he – Still, at the age of 39, he he adds so much to your lineup. So I think that move for like a Beltre is way better for the Braves than a Machado or a Donaldson or Mike Moustakis or anything like that. I just feel like the Beltre move is a Braves-type move where you bring in the guy that fits in the clubhouse because what the Braves have going on. And obviously, you saw Beltre with Elvis Andrews and – you know, in Texas where they just have fun all the time. And can you not see him just jumping around with Acuna and Ozzy doing the same thing? You know, so I, I, I honestly think that that move right there with Beltrate would be one that I would love to see with an addition of Brad Hand and one one other relievers. I, I think the Braves could play baseball really late this year. I'm going to throw one name out to you. Andy, tell me what you think. Jacob DeGrom. I mean, the price we would have to pay being in division, I don't know if it would be worth it. How much control does he have left? Three? Uh, I think three years. I think. I'll have to check, but I think so. And it's almost like you would think they'd make us pay more, right? Because they know the prospects we have. Well, like in, in division, let's say you're trading him, right? Which they don't seem to be sold on, but let's say they end up deciding to trade him. Any of the other divisions that reach out, they're going to want two top five prospects, probably a third top 10, and maybe a fourth like top 20. But if we go asking, they're going to want probably three of our top six and then a fourth being like our top 15. Like we would just have to pay so much more and then potentially have those prospects pan out and we have to face them for the next seven years, eight years. If I told you that you would win a championship this year or next year if you traded for Jacob DeGrom, would you do it no matter the prospect you sent? Well, yes. If that was a guaranteed thing, I would. (laughs) That's not. Yeah, that's the problem. It's never guaranteed. But I, but that's type of, I just that's thought it was interesting. Move, he came that's the up. type of move that could make it happen. Yeah. Well, here's what I what I've heard is that, or, or what I've seen is that, obviously, I don't think we have. And don't get me wrong, Nuke's been great, Fulty's been great, our pitching staff's been pretty solid. But we do not have a guy that, let's be honest, that you would feel comfortable throwing out. Um, in a one-game scenario or a Game 7 scenario versus a Scherzer. Oh, 100%. Or 
versus a Severino with the Yankees or versus, you know, somebody of that magnitude. Um, I mean, am I right? Yeah. Like we don't, I mean, we don't have that one guy, but for me, I just look back at like the the Teixeira trade, like what we gave up and we didn't get, we were thought to like, you know, that was the move that was going to put us over. You know, you got a guy behind Chipper now, you know, building up with the offense. We had good pitching. But then we traded him a year later, didn't get nearly anything for him, and three of the four prospects panned out to be pretty, if not really good, with Andrews being the head of it. Wasn't Wainwright a part of that deal? Or was that the J.D. Drew deal? Never mind. It was J.D. Drew. Never mind. JP, I think that's where Um, a guy like, depending on how much the Rangers asked, Cole Hamels, that could be a guy that front line staff and mm-hmm. you know he's an older veteran that has that experience that has the i'm gonna go throw you know seven one hit ball in a playoff game in a whatever you yeah. need he's he's at that kind of guy so you know depending on how the braves want to do or what they want to do that could be a move where you would almost solidify the front end however you know like you said i i I, I love Faulty. I love Newcomb. But that bullpen, man, is just run ragged. And I think that's the top yeah. priority. And then if you can sneak in and get, you know, these other guys, then absolutely. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, bringing in a, a Peter Moylan in the sixth or Sam Freeman in the sixth is, it's almost getting old. Um, kind of with, with how they've been. Moylan's been a little bit better lately, but. It's just it's hard to watch. You almost are on pins and needles when any of those guys come in, um, and I think the other guys are maybe getting a little tired as well. Um, I don't I don't worry but, about Moylan as much as I do Sam Freeman. Sam Freeman, my lord. <laughs> yeah, still he's been like, he's been pretty bad. His lately. numbers still aren't like terrible. Like against lefty, he looks no. great. But then I'm like, every time he comes in, I'm like, oh my gosh. Here we go. And then, of course, you know, you, it's like zero to, you know, we're losing by one and he's lights out and then we're up by 10 and he allows five runs. You know, like it's, it's, yeah, he drives me insane. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's been really struggling lately. Obviously, um, you know, without Viz there, that doesn't help us for the ninth inning situation. So, we're kind of just uh, trying to put the firepower in. I mean, last night was a really good win. I mean, we're still going to scrape out what we've been doing. I think everybody's been kind of doing their part all the way around. And uh, we're just hanging tough, man. Like I said, this team just keeps hanging and hanging and hanging tough. Um, I'm pretty sure Philadelphia is going to lose again tonight. Washington, like I said, lost a one nothing battle with the Tampa Bay Rays today and almost got in a brawl. It was wonderful. Um but, guys, any other, I guess, trades that uh, we're thinking of or anything like that? Uh, I mean, I, I I can go through a few names. I mean, that definitely will probably move. Like Machado. Will, I know Syndergaard's been in there, really? man. I, I've heard DeGrom more than Syndergaard. But that's yeah, I've, but so I've who, heard both. Who's safe and, on that Mets team? They are, a, they are a dumpster fire. Yeah, they've lost seven in a row. The name that I. So they are um, being on the block is potentially Dozier, 
um, because the twins haven't really panned out how they expected. Um, I also heard today that the Rockies have been so bad as of late that they could potentially be sellers, and that being DJ LeMahieu could be on the block. Charlie Blackman could be on the block, depending on which way they go. Mike Moustakis, Cole Hamels, um, Chris Davis for that A's, which would be a great outfield piece for a team that needs more depth and power. And then obviously Michael Fulmer and Chris Archer um, kind of headline your your starting pitchers that could be on the move and also Stroman. But JP, you know, you mentioned or we, we were talking earlier, Donaldson would be one of those guys. But who knows, man, now that he's hurt, who I honestly doubt that he, he may get moved. And that's a shame that the Rays will never get something for him practically. And, and they very well may, you know, through a waiver or whatever else. But yeah. still, you know, I love having that guy in the game. He's fun to watch. He is, man. He is. I mean, it is. It's crazy to see what could happen here later. I mean, a bunch of names come through. Uh, it looks like maybe the Rockies could sell on DJ LeMayhew, Charlie Blackman. Um. I know Bumgarner obviously has been in the running for different things. So there's been talk, and I know this is a stretch, but White Sox, uh, Jose Abreu. I saw that one too. Um, yeah. So it's it's definitely a lot of names in there, and definitely a lot of names been thrown around. I think the Fulmer thing could be interesting too. You could be right on that. See, he's uh, a guy, that I, he's a guy even though he doesn't have that experience, I think Fulmer's the type of guy that would fit alongside with Fulty and Newcomb. And I think that could do damage as a one, two, three in the playoffs, where instead of having a one, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I think Fulmer has enough to be a one alongside Newcomb. Yeah. He's solid. He's definitely solid. I mean, uh, just depends on, you know, if I'd put a package together that's, you know, huge for him, I I would be all down to add one more if I'm going to get Jacob DeGrom. I'll put uh, it that way. But but I mean you're you're right man. I mean I I don't want to see I just I'm the same kind of way as Andy. I'm scared in the fact that I just don't want to see us trade any of these core pieces that we've had around because we've gotten everything so right is the way I I kind of see it right now. Uh with the Aussie thing so right and um Obviously, the Freddie thing's so right, and it looks like the Acuna thing's been going to be right, I think, as soon as he gets back and healthy to roll. I mean, Fulty looks like he's doing well. Newcomb doing well. I mean, it just seems like we've been doing things so right and getting things right that I'm nervous to trade some of those other guys that I think could be right, too, I guess is the best way I can put it. As long as we keep the right ones here in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, some are going to pan out, some aren't, you know, but – I honestly, yeah. I'd give you if you gave me a little Caesar's pizza right now. I'd give you Matt Whistler. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> throwing some throwing some nice little uh, crazy bread for uh, oh, for yeah. Sims. crazy bread for Sims for sure. Okay. Actually, I think I would just take. I don't know if he's I'd almost give one pizza for both of them. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> well, people. Uh, as far as baseball goes, I mean, the Yankees, Boston are still kings of the court there um, all throughout baseball. They're battling for one up there. American League East, uh, Cleveland is in the central leading. 
Houston is back atop the West leading. However, Seattle's been doing fairly well lately, fellas. They've been creeping, creeping along. So keep an eye on those boys. Um, let's see. Milwaukee is leading the Central in the NL over the Cubs, who have been just a straight downward spiral. And I think St. Louis has kind of been following, following a little bit lately. Um, they've been kind of rough. And then the West, Arizona and LA have kind of been battling. LA's kind of got their stuff up a little bit lately. There's Zachary. Absolutely. But uh, as I look over at our, as our big buddy over here, Jay, I think he's ready to get into some of this basketball. Oh, man. He's been he itching, hasn't he? He's kicked back on the couch, feet up, just staring at hawks.com, ready to go inside. He's been itching, hasn't he? Well, that brings us into um, the LeBron talk. Where's he go? Let's go. Uh, let's go to our second of of the top big three. We'll go straight into football, and then we'll skip basketball tonight. What do you think, Andy? No. <laughs> All right, we'll go straight into basketball. Um, as everybody knows, the last time we spoke, we did not have an NBA draft done yet. Now. We do have an NBA done or draft done. Um, Andy, I'm going to leave it to you to explain how the draft happened, what went down, and uh, just give us the whole Hawks rundown. It was a roller coaster, uh, especially with my emotions. I was the biggest Luka Doncic fan there was, um, probably outside of Andrew McInerney. Shout out to him. But... He already had the jersey. Wow. He had the stitched jersey and I everything. Did. I did. But that didn't happen. And what made it worse is we actually did draft him. And then we traded him. And night of the draft, when you lead up to the draft, I know they were going into some reports and Wash said that we were high on Luka. Uh, the, pricing, uh, the price tag was ridiculously high for him and that we probably wouldn't get a deal done. So I'm getting my hopes up again. Turns out we ended up figuring a deal out with Dallas. They traded up to number three, and we traded back to number five, which leaves us to drafting Trey Young, who at the end of the day, depending on who you talk to, is a very torn prospect. Boomer. (laughs) Um, But as time has gone on, and I've had a few days to think about it, I think the Hawks absolutely nailed this draft. And the reason I... Whoa, 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 whoa. They did I what? I think they nailed the draft. Slap him, Zach. I don't know. Is, is he feeling all right? <laughs> yeah, no. I think they actually nailed the draft. Because if you look at Travis Schenck, the main reason he has a job. Schlink. Schlink, shink, whatever. Shink. Let's just call him old Travi. <laughs> old Travi. Old Travi. The reason he has a job is because he is one of the best NBA talent evaluate, evaluators out there. Uh, he was with Golden State, and that's what built up the Golden State you see today outside of JP's favorite player, Kevin Durant. But he was the guy evaluating Steph Curry, 
before he blew up and became Steph Curry. He was the one who found Clay Thompson in the middle of the draft. He found Draymond Green in the second round. The guy knows talent. So that's my first thing. And what made me ease up a little bit. I think he truly thought that Trey Young was a better prospect than Luka Doncic. And when you are fully bought into that idea, plus you can add a first-round pick that'll probably be in the lottery next year, then you might as well do it. Because what Trey Young does really well, he does really, really well. He can shoot from anywhere on the court, and he has amazing vision. Now, I know there's some questions about his defense. He needs to clean up his intensity on the defensive end. I think he's quick enough to be able to not have to hide him as much. Um, I think he has to clean up his turnovers a little bit. I know he averaged about five last year. But at the end of the day, when you look at who he is as a player, he's a facilitator who gets everyone around him better, and he can absolutely shoot anywhere on the NBA court. And that's today's NBA. Have shooters and spread them out. So this is your new face of Atlanta. And when you look at the rest of the draft, we got Kevin Huter, I think is how you pronounce his last name, out of Maryland. 6'7", dude, once again, can absolutely shoot lights out. He has a player comp to Clay Thompson, which you start to see a theme in terms of what he's trying to do here. I think at worst, he can be a more athletic Kyle Korver, which if he comes off the bench and gives you 20 to 25 minutes a night and he can absolutely knock down most shots he takes a hold of, that's a good pick, especially at 19. Then you look at the guy we got at, what, 30, who ironically is also compared to Draymond Green. So once again, continuing on the theme, he can absolutely be a dominant big man as far as hustling ability goes. He shot 43% in college. And then from there, he is going to be a guy that I think is a fan favorite in terms of your intensity. Um, other teams may not like him, but your fans will love him. So if you look at this building block and this is the first nucleus that you're going to build as your GM on top of your John Collins pick, who's actually turned out to be a steal. Then you look at the draft next year, potentially we'll have our pick, which more than likely is going to be top five. Then you've got Dallas's pick, who's probably going to be good enough. They'll fall probably seven to 12. So that's another pick for us in the top 10 at best. On top of that, we also have Cleveland's first-round pick. If LeBron bolts Cleveland, all of a sudden, that's probably a 10 to 20 range pick, which is a great pick. So that's three top 15 potential picks if everything breaks our way in next year's draft to build on to what we already have. I like the direction we're going. You obviously have to hope that he knows what he's doing, but in old Travi, I trust. I even saw where, <clears throat> best case scenario, we would have 1, 6, and 11. Yeah. Best case scenario, which is pretty wild to me. Which is great. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure all of us viewed it the same way, Andy. Uh, I remember, obviously, sitting there and seeing I, we were all texting each other and we were like this is going to fall straight to our laps this is literally going to fall straight to our laps and we kept saying it and then we kept thinking please don't screw it up please don't screw it up 
And of course the trade came in and I'm pretty sure all of us were devastated. In fact, I would say 92.4% of Atlanta was I devastated. I believe I told Atlanta Hawks um, boo. <laughs> I, 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 I suggest that anybody that's listened to the podcast or, you know, anybody that's listening to this episode or anything, just take the time to go to Andy's uh, Twitter and just look back to the draft day because it was gold. So it was wonderful <laughs> for for pretty much the whole day. So go back and read it. But um, I'm on the bus, man. I honestly, you know, I took my uh, hour to be mad about it. Then I took the time to whatever and go to bed. And then I got up the next morning, started reading a little bit more into it. And I'm bought in, man. Um, I don't have a problem with this situation. I mean, I, I understand where people come from and, you know, but he struggled and he had his, you know, he had his problems and blah, blah, blah. The kid is 19 years old. The kid was a freshman in college last year. He led the league in scoring. He led the league in assists and he can only get better skill wise. I believe as long as he works hard and he, he can beef up a little bit. I don't think there's any problem at all. Um, I think that's where like, you know, today's world is, is, Everyone is overanalyzed. Like, looking oh, 20 yeah. years ago, and Trey Young's in college, and all you can read about is in the newspaper of him just absolutely murdering teams and averaging 27 and 8 in player of the year conversation. And then on top of that, you know, you look at like a Luka Doncic. For as great as he is, he was still getting overanalyzed about how he got tired. You know, he played 18 straight months. Um, they said not athletic. Yeah. They said, you know, he's a little bit on the skinny fat side, essentially. So, like, I think everything gets overanalyzed. But like you mentioned, they're 19 years old. Like, give them, like, four years to kind of really adjust to their body um, and get used to the daily grind of the NBA and spending 24-7 in the gym and eating right and not having to do your college things. So, I think give it a time. You know, I was, it was funny. I went back and looked back at the Golden State drafts, right? Um, when Steph Curry came out, he came out and said they were all saying that while he can shoot the lights out anywhere on the floor, he wasn't a true point guard. He couldn't really facilitate an offense. Completely wrong. They came out and said Clay Thompson was a reach. He wasn't that good of a defensive player, he was a good catch and shoot guy. Hopefully, at best, he'd be a six-man. Completely wrong. Draymond Green was undersized, couldn't do anything correctly. You know, he would just be, you know, an eighth or ninth guy on the bench, good rotational guy. Completely wrong. So, everyone has these opinions, but you won't know until three years down the road if we did the right thing or, you know, we royally messed up. Yeah. And I, I think it all just uh... – a lot of things got to fall into place for you um, these days, sports-wise, uh, especially, you know, just like the NBA. I mean, um, you know, I can give crap to Golden State all day and talk trash about them and all this stuff and, and Kevin Durant and all that stuff. But, I mean, in the long run, I mean, a lot of things just came together at the right time for them. Um, so it's just one of those things. I mean, they drafted, you just said they drafted three of those guys. It's not like they brought them all together and into a room and, 
said, why don't we all come play together here at Golden State? No, three of them were picked from NBA draft night. So, you know, that's what kind of shows hope with this this first-round pick I think we got next year. I mean, it's a big deal now as far as the draft goes when seeing this Golden State team come together is that, um, you know, you can find these guys. And sometimes you just have to find the right puzzle. It seems this this time the NBA is just it's it's all about those shooters, man. And I just feel like here in Atlanta, and you know, no offense to Corver, but I just feel like we really haven't had those type of shooters here. No, um, not like not even in the slightest. Corver. I mean, and people were kind of comparing these guys to Joe Johnson. I don't think Joe Johnson was really that great. No, of a he was average at best. But like, if you look in when we had Kyle Corver. And when the Hawks were the best, that stadium went nuts for a quarter three. Not for a highlight dunk, not for a crazy assist. It was a three-point shot. And so if you load this team up with just fearless three-point shots, that it'll pack the stadium out. It'll be a fun time, especially after the renovations and everything. I think we're in the right direction. And you'll eventually, hopefully, before we die here, the question of like why not an Atlanta team will be answered. Like eventually one of us has to get lucky, right? You'd think, right? You'd think. As far as going back to it though, it's the same thing with if you remember when we had the 60 win Hawk team, I mean, that was the deal was how they would spread the floor so well. Everything was spread out. Every guy had a chance to make a shot and could make the shot when they needed to. Even that team didn't have the greatest of shooters. I mean, don't get me wrong. Demar Carroll was a good player. He's not that good of a shooter. Um, But he had open looks all day. You know, they knew how to spread it correctly to where he could, he had opportunities that, you know, he would, he would be able to get open shots at it. So that helps to make shots. And I mean, that's kind of what I think this deal is now is that now you add in the factor of, you're opening the floor up, plus you have actual guys that can knock shots down. That's well, scary. Th- their three ball guys um, that year were what? Corver, Tabo Cephalosha, and Teague, and Damari. Damari. None of those and outside of Corver. None of those outside of Corver are like a three ball specialist. Tabo, I'll give you some, um, like a six man type guy, but he, he was more of like a, a defensive wing defender. You know, he. He was your guy that would guard the other team's best wing player. So, yep. And this is what I've been excited for. This is what I've wanted here is somebody that can score. I just need somebody that can shoot from anywhere and knows how to, sh- you know, score. You um, got it now. I don't need, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got it. We've got it. And it helps, you know, that we've got the other guy too, Herder um, or Huter or however you say his name. But uh, I mean, that's. That's what I think this team's been needing is somebody that can spread the floor and that these guys can shoot the basketball. Um, so you're right. I think we've got it. I'm on board with it. Um, I'm excited for it. I, I think the picks next year are going to be a lot bigger at the end of this year than we think. And uh, it's just going to open up a new book of, of different things for, for the Hawks here. And I, I, I listened to the coach speak for, I think, the first time um, a couple of days ago or maybe it was even yesterday. Um, but I really like him. He's very I don't know if you've kind of read a lot to about him, Andy, but I think he's great. Very well spoken. Like I was, I was a little shocked. I, I heard an interview with him on NBA TV. Very well spoken. 
does it the right way, super defensive-minded. So if you're going to get these guys with high offense and questionable defense and you're wanting to pairing them with a coach, I think he's the guy because two things he's known for is player development and defense. And he's been in charge of these teams that have grown, like Philadelphia. He was in Golden State. I think he crossed paths with LeBron and Cleveland. Very, very well respected. I think he's going to be a great coach for us. I do too. I, I like him. Uh, I think we made a solid choice there. I honestly think Schlink and the guys kind of have a, a really, really good idea of what we're doing here. Um, so I, I think we just keep moving forward and hopefully this kid uh, can prove a lot of the, a lot of people wrong here in Atlanta. I think he's a, a pretty good kid is what it seems like. And hopefully he sticks to his word of working hard and, and beefing up a little bit and, and getting after it. I mean, we know he can play. We definitely know he can play. We saw it this last year as a freshman in college. The kid, the kid's got skills. He knows what he's doing. He's just got to, he's just got to advance on those skills. So hopefully, we give him the right tools, and which we will, and uh, he'll get after it. So before before we jump out of basketball and wrap up, I wanted to share yeah. this with you. I showed Andy on my phone. I had saw it earlier today. At least the Atlanta Hawks aren't the Brooklyn Nets right now, and, and the reason I say that is. Uh, Sports Center uh, put something out earlier today on Instagram of an all-Nets team that's been traded away. So basically the draft picks that Brooklyn traded away to either get Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, you know, whenever they went through all those trades, awful trades, they would have, if they had kept all their, their draft picks, or all their um, yeah, all their picks in those trades. They would have Damian Lillard at one, Colin Sexton, who was drafted this year at two, Jalen Brown, who plays for the Celtics at three, Kyle Kuzma for the Lakers at four, and Draymond Green at five. Now tell me that team would not run up and down an NBA floor. So it, at least Yeah, five, man. They'd definitely be able to spread it, that's right? for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I think I think we went the right route. So, um, you know, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. I'm just happy that Andy's Andy's out of his hole. He's seen a little bit more of the light and he's he's ready to roll, too. I think he understands what it meant the other night, um, what direction we have, what path we have. And um, we're ready to roll, dude. It's going to be great. I think Andy's ready but, to roll Ron um, Don Acuna to get healthy and come back. Happy night. <laughs> Old, what did he call uh, old Travis? Old Travi. Old Travi. <laughs> old Travi. <laughs> old Travi. Travi and Rondon back. Oh, Lord. Well, as far as the NBA goes, I mean, um, honestly, it was a good draft. I felt like everybody kind of got who, well, for the most part, who they were looking for. There were some clear winners. Um, I feel like maybe everybody in the top ten was – pretty good winners. I feel like they kind of got everybody they were looking for. And, um, you know, there was a few that were kind of questionable, but, uh, like Andy says, you kind of have to watch and see these kids play out. All these kids are pretty much freshmen. So they just came out of college and, and well, excuse me, just came out of high school and had one year in college. So we'll see how some of them play out. We'll see where they go. We'll have a little bit more for you kind of towards NBA season on, on some of these kids and, and where they're at. 
we'll move on. Uh, I think we're going to run through a little bit of football. Have you guys kind of ta- seen a little bit of the Julio situation? Not really a whole lot. I know he's basically waiting on money, but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, how do you y'all feel about it? Pay him? I say pay, pay the dude. He's a you know out of NFL's top 100 players, he's number four. He could very well be one, two, three, or four. Uh, yeah. So I, I say pay him. I know a lot of like old Atlanta fans. You know the generation above us. You know they don't understand. I can't believe he's holding out in my job. If I did that, I'd get fired. Blah blah blah. I mean, it's just it's completely different. You know, whenever whenever you're the best player at your position alongside Antonio Brown, you can deserve to make some of these statements. And I mean, Julio is the top thirteen receiver paid. He's the thirteenth highest paid receiver, twelve or thirteen this year coming up, and. Honestly, who you can blame for all this is Sammy Watkins for the mega contract that he got. So I, I say, I so say just go ahead and pay Julio, lock him down, and and let's let's get him in the building and let's make the yeah. You know, I mean, he's our best player, so let's let's get him in here and 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 get it get it done and signed off with Andy. Agreed. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think the situation is completely different. You've got a sport here that's extremely volatile you've got a short lifespan make all the money you can possibly make especially in the nfl where it's not guaranteed and the nfl owners are profiting on you if you want to go get your money and you can rightfully get that money go get that money the only thing i don't like is him hanging out with terrell owens but i think that's a whole another thing yeah, <laughs> that's a whole nother situation altogether. I can uh, I can agree with that, but I think I'm the same way with you guys. Uh, let's just get it over with. Let's give the man some more money. Let's figure it out. Let's reshape it. However, we got to do it. Um, just make him happy, man. I mean, we definitely need him, and I need him to be a hundred hundred percent committed and uh, ready to roll with Calvin Ridley too. So let's uh, let's get after it and get it done. Um, but that's really about it football-wise, guys. I mean, honestly, we're getting – it's crazy how close we're getting to college football season. So, we'll have a little bit more kind of, I think, towards mid-July, end of July. That's when we're really getting hot on things. So, uh, we'll get more into that. As far as the ace of the week guys, goes, guys, um, my ace of the week right now is just Atlanta. Um, I didn't really have anything prepared as far as a single person or anything of that nature. But just Atlanta in general, uh, it seems like – Everybody's making decisions to uh, further the Atlanta sports culture here and, and make it better. Uh, that was proven last week with the the NBA draft. I feel like we made some good decisions there. I feel like Schling's got a really positive outlook here for the future. I feel like this coach has a really positive outlook for the future here in Atlanta. That's great news. The Braves are on a hot streak. We're in first place right now in all East. Feeling good, looking good. Um Atlanta United's continuing their streak. They're at first pretty much in all of MLS. They pretty much have just been holding that to to key for, I think, every week now pretty much for the MLS. So they've been holding steady. And then obviously the Falcons are just the Falcons, man. They're just uh, doing the the DQ thing, Dan Quinn situations. Um, let me get two two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! But um, – <laughs> Woo! But that's really about it, man. I feel I feel really confident in our teams right now. I don't know about you guys, but kind of after watching that draft and seeing that the future seems bright with all these young guys coming in and the, the potential that we have for future picks and different things, 
Um, I feel like we're heading in the right direction, fellas. I don't know about you guys. I think in three years, an Atlanta team, I don't know which one, and I'm including UGA in this, will lock down God. I'm in. All right. Well, I take away UGA, and one of the Atlanta teams will lock down a championship. JP, for me, uh, I would say my ace of the week, or ace of really the past few weeks, would would be Charlie Culberson and what he's done for Atlanta. You know, late in games and clutch situations. So um, he he's one for me that stands out, and you know what he's done for this Atlanta team. Like I said, in those clutch situations, is is par none. So uh, hats off to. You know what? That's uh, that's perfect, my friend. In like his last like fifteen games, he's like batting three hundred five. Oh for yeah, us. I mean, and he just you know here in the eighth, we were trying to do some work. I mean, and he he's just I mean, professional at bat after professional at bat, taking folks six, seven, eight pitches deep, and, and then drawing a walk, or six, seven, eight pitches deep, and then hitting a double. Or if he's in the ninth inning and we're tied, my goodness, the dude's going to hit a walk off homer. So uh, I'm I mean, he has. Four home runs this year, ten total in his career, and I think like five or six of those tens have been walk off or go ahead homers late in games. Like, come on, Charlie Clutchperson, <laughs> Clutchperson, <laughs> old Travi and Car- Charlie Clutchperson, Travi and Clutchy. Oh boy. Well, fellas, uh, that is it from us. I, I appreciate everybody coming out and listening to the Game 7 podcast. Honestly, uh, we have a lot of fun doing this. I mean, it, it really is a lot of fun. Uh, we appreciate you guys coming in and listening. Please feel free. LJ, uh, one of our buddies, Eric Johnson, we mentioned earlier, he just texted one of us and and kind of asked us a question. But you're more than welcome to tweet at us or um, or anything like that. You can You can find us on Twitter anything uh if you go underneath the game seven we will have a, a kind of twitter lock underneath there on on itunes where you can kind of go to to follow us but uh we really appreciate it we thank you guys and uh that's really it guys have a have a great week go braves go dogs don't you ever say i just walked away i